This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's podcast features Lori Vines. She's our lower school technology teacher, and it's a continuation of this discussion about AI, artificial intelligence. How are we looking at it as a school? What are some good things that we feel like we can apply? What are some challenges that we need to overcome? And what are some things that we need to think through as we are approaching this new age of artificial intelligence? And so now we join the podcast with Kendall Terry and Lori Vines. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Lori Vines. Lori is our technology teacher for kindergarten through fifth grade at the lower school campus and has uh, been in education and had a great career in education and works part-time for us and we are going to keep her as long as she wants to keep coming in. Uh, She does a fantastic job. I love all of the uh, examples and videos and um, I think the peanut butter jelly robot thing is a hit on Facebook every time uh, we put a new video out. But we wanted to start with just the introduction of you and kind of tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Okay, well, I have been teaching technology for over 15 years now, starting at Fort Craig and then in the Maryville City Schools and then moving to uh, an intermediate school. And then when Mary Lyford moved over to Clayton Bradley and she said, hey, you want to come take a look? And we could use a technology teacher here. So I came over and started uh, started technology. And I've really created the technology program here at yeah. Clayton Bradley in the lower school, yeah. kindergarten through fifth grade. For a lot of us that came on at the beginning, it's different than people that are coming in now of, you know, we were kind of handed a blank slate and said, create you know, create mm-hmm. something that, that has meaning, has value, that will do this the right way. Um, and that doesn't happen a lot of times in education. It was one of the things that kind of drew me over here was, hey, you, you get a, a chance to create something that currently isn't here. Mm-hmm. And I bet that was exciting as a technology person. Well, it was. And actually, our, here at Clayton Bradley, our integrated instruction that we have between the core classes and related arts actually makes it easier for me in a way because it gives me that structure knowing what teachers are doing in their class, what themes they're talking about, what their concepts are, and yeah. then I can kind of tailor some of my projects around what kids are studying in their classroom to make it more meaningful. Yeah, and and you do a fantastic job with that. I mean, it, you're you're kind of the example that that we can easily use uh, when we're talking about integration and how does this work in outside of the core class, outside of the the you know just regular classroom teacher with students. How do you push in? How do you uh, partner with the teacher? Um, and you've kind of set the standard here. I think that other related arts teachers then have look to follow and and how can I do this the way that Lori's doing and I think you've you've set a great uh, pattern for for our teachers and and I see people like Miranda that that has started doing that more and I think that you've been a great mentor to her um, and and helped her through that process and some people don't know that you have some Spanish background too I originally started out as a Spanish teacher yeah and then uh, one day years ago back in Fort Craig (laughs) when we got our first um, lab in at Fort Craig with a bunch of desktop computers and they 
the principal uh, back then said, yeah, we need someone to teach a related arts class in technology. Lori, why don't you do that? <laughs> that was not my background whatsoever. And I found out that I loved it, that I, oh, you know, wow. I quickly kind of joined a bunch of online professional networks and, you know, I created lessons I learned from other people. And, yeah. I, you know, so it's it, to me, it's very creative. So I've enjoyed it a lot. That's awesome. And, you know, you talked about doing that way back then. And I think that that's also another thing that you do an amazing job of is you're always out there looking for, you know, what's what's the next thing and, and how can we integrate that or how can we create that here? You send emails to me that I love the stuff you send, the resources you send. It, it's very rarely that I get an email from you that it's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's not important. You, you know, you, you can tell that you spend a lot of time and energy in trying to find stuff that our students might like or that would be the right thing for our community to engage with. You help us tremendously with Seesaw, um, which at the lower school is, is the platform that we use in, in our classrooms, to, especially to help communicate with parents' work that's being done, but also in ways that students are getting assignments, turning assignments in, that sort of thing, and, and you've done a great job with that. Um, with our training our faculty and helping mentor our faculty in that so well we talk about you know we're we're always learning and you know and i tell my students you know you never know <laughs> technology <laughs> completely everything's changing yeah. i'm always learning as well and so you know i'm always coming up with new things learning new things like ai now yeah. which is our our newest frontier absolutely and, and i do want to get into some ai discussions but before we do that um, why don't you give us a little bit of idea of like what's your philosophy behind that technology because people could say hey you know kids got iPads in classrooms or they've got computers in classrooms and you know do we really need a technology related arts class that's you know separate from what they're doing and and I think you do a fantastic job with that so what how do you kind of approach when kids are coming to you from kindergarten all the way up through fifth grade, I, that's a wide range of students that are coming in with a lot of different skill sets and a lot of different understandings of technology and that sort of thing. And we know that these kids are technology natives now, so they're, they, they come with a lot of knowledge with how to use the devices and that sort of thing. But what's kind of your philosophy that you've used in, in kind of forming this, this program that we have at the lower school concerning the technology mm -hmm. class and, and how we do that? Well, I think um, in addition to digital citizenship, which is a, a big portion of my program, we talk about uh, different aspects of digital citizenship uh, throughout the year with every, every grade. But other than that, I, I think my class is a good one where students a lot of times will learn different sorts of programs, different sorts of technology skills that they can use to show their knowledge in their core classroom. So, you know, I teach the kids how to, you know, kindergarten, first and second grade use a program called Scratch Junior, which is just a free, uh, great program. They really love it where they can, you know, have their sprites saying and moving and doing, and it's coding. Yeah. And we can do it just to make a fun little story, but we can also do it to, you know, okay, we're gonna have them move around the community in first grade and talk about different places in our community. Or second grade, when they were talking about bats, you know, we could code them to go into the cave and, oh, you know, wow. have the bat fly and talk about, you know, add in some points about bats. The same thing with 
third, fourth, and fifth grade, we move more into uh, some scratch programming, a little bit of higher coding, and but still as a fun way, you know, we create games with it, but games that will, and some other things, but to show their knowledge. So fifth mm -hmm. grade, uh, right now they're talking about the water cycle, and so we're going to be coding a little water drop to go through the water cycle. We have a something called Bloxels where the kids can actually create these video games yeah. on their iPads and they, they love that, but we make it, you know, like fourth grade, we'll do a Lewis and Clark game. Oh, and nice. so the different, and we, it's a good way to talk about what are some good elements of a game, what makes it interesting. You know, we have enemies, well, what would be appropriate in the journey of Lewis and Clark? What did you learn? What were some challenges that they had that would be a hazard? You know, we know they cross water. What would be the body of water? How are we going to represent that in our game? So, you know, I think technology, then when the teachers do those inquiries in their classroom, and sometimes when they have more free choice of how do you want to show your knowledge, this is just another tool yeah. that kids then can have. Oh, well, maybe I can. Can I show that through, you know, this project, or can I use this? So, and we do we do three D printing, and you know, that's something new to as hands on, you know, manipulatives and designing. And yep. So it, I, it, it's just all tools. You know, it's just another tool for kids to have. Well, and I think it's great to have a class, especially at the lower school level, where they are learning so many different things it's great to have a class that introduces them to a lot of tools so that they have that as a background to say well when I'm given a choice what did I enjoy doing you know it could be something that they're physically making but it could be something that they're a little bit more digital oriented and they say I would rather do this on the computer I would rather make the game or I would rather um, you know make the the um, 3d printed object of, of the type of you know instrument or tool that this mm -hmm. person would have used I I just love the that we're empowering kids to have that as an option because if mm -hmm. we don't do that then we're just hoping they come with that and so it's a nice equalizer to say we're gonna let everybody kind of have this knowledge so that everybody can find out what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy or what they want to use later on mm -hmm. yeah we're, we're just building those those thinking skills I mean even the coding that we do you know no one's learning a specific you know real coding language because that's changing all the time right. also you know we're we're moving blocks of code around but we're learning how to think and that computational thinking problem solving debugging um, collaboration you know when yeah. they're working together to help each other out so all of those sort of you know kind of soft skills as well are built in with what yeah. we do and I know you do some robotic stuff as well we have uh, a lot of fun toys that we play with in the lower <laughs> school and well I, I remember I, I feel like it was a map Thing. maybe they were trying to get their little bug looking robot from one side to another and they had to go through different stops along the way mm -hmm. uh, that was a lot of fun watching kids and they then like you said the problem solving there of it didn't work right or it got to that decision it was supposed to turn right and it didn't turn right so then it got off course and it didn't know what to do learning how to problem solve that and, and how to think critically about well, well what are we missing this week kindergarten is going to be coding our little bebot robot they're collecting acorns for the Appalachian bear rescue oh, and nice. little bebots going to be they have to code it to get the acorns and oh, wow. do that so well again we're just tying in with what they're doing yeah so a couple weeks ago we had dr bill daggett on campus and and we had a conversation with the principals last week on the podcast about this but um for their reaction so you were able to attend um, one of his sessions mm -hmm. 
and listening to some of the stuff he was mentioning uh, with AI, with technology, with the skills from the McKinsey report that he was talking about, the portrait of a graduate, all of those sort of things. As a technology teacher sitting there, listening to that, thinking about what you were doing, what just kind of what were some of your reactions from that? What what were some things that you were like, man, that we're already in line there, or or we've got to start exploring that more? Just kind of your overall reactions of, of the things that he presented. Right. I mean, I I think it's very exciting. It's certainly already here. In fact, even last year, last winter, I did a unit about AI with fifth graders, and we actually created a little kind of played around with AI where we we had create something by give, feeding it the data and, and getting it to recognize care. It was for our life skill of caring, you yeah. know, kind of put ups versus put downs and the little face would change from a smile, happy face to a sad face. But um, I think there's so many ways that we can use this in education, like Dr. Daggett was saying. I mean, for a long time now, I've taught um, Google search. Right. And it's always kind of a struggle, you know, when you search with a search engine, the idea is to use those keywords, mm -hmm. you know, and then you always have the students, you know, trying, first of all, they all want to voice text anyway, which right. that's a form of AI when we yeah. have, you know, voice to text, part of that is, is AI, but they want to voice text these big, long sentences into Google search, and that's not how that is set up to be right. used, but that is how ChatGPT works. Mm -hmm. So really, it's a much more, when we're talking about using it to find out information and to discover new things, it's, it's a much more natural form of uh, curiosity and finding answers than yeah. our typical search engines. Well, and the stuff that I've played around with some of it, um, you know, because I will just, and just to see what it's capable of doing. You know, I'll put different prompt, uh, uh, parameters in the prompt. Of, um, I had just been talking to Angie Barham, one of our third grade teachers, and, and she was talking about a project her kids were doing. So I thought, well, what would this look like if I went into chat and, and said, like, I'm a third grade student, I have this Lexile score, because our kids know what their Lexile mm -hmm. scores are, um, and this is the project that we're doing, and, and I need some resources. And it gave me a short list of resources, which if I went to Google and I typed in, you know, like African elephants or whatever, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I, it's not a short list, right? <laughs> and, and it's not necessarily age appropriate right. for your reading level. You know, we've always <laughs> taught, you know, after your search, I tell the kids, add in like four kids, you know, right. American revolutionary patriots, four kids to try to get yep. that easier thing. But now you're right. We can just, you know, say I'm in third grade. I want to learn about right. this. And and it's just a natural way to put it in there. It's like yeah. you said, you can just type it in there kind of like, and it was just spitballing ideas for me that I just typed in. I didn't try to make it fancy. I mm -hmm. didn't. And it gave me stuff that as a teacher, you probably would have helped your kids get to. You know, it was some zoo websites. It was some of the, um, like, World uh, Wildlife Federation right. website. You know, those things that would make sense to say if you're a third-grade student and you're trying to find out stuff about African elephants, mm -hmm. these are the sites you'd want to go to. But if you're a third-grade student typing this into Google and you get, you know, what, 152 million uh, right. <laughs> sites that comes up, 
that third grade student's trying to process all of that. Now there is a skill of, you know, kind of weeding out that we hope kids, you know, can learn and, and we look for ways to help teach them that. But the the power of saying, okay, now you've got five, six good places to go to or good ideas of now I know what to search even, um, that puts that student a little bit further along to be able to hopefully get something that they can understand that's appropriate for them to look at that that at least puts them in the, the time they're going to spend is hopefully a, a good time spent and not, well, you know, I spent my, you know, my seat time for a third grader, what, 10, 15 minutes, and most of that time I just felt frustrated because I didn't understand it or it, was, right. it wasn't what I thought I was looking sure. at. And the empowering thing for the, those students and to be able to find this information on their own and then for the teachers, instead of the teacher having to spend the time, you know, just basically walking the students through, you know, okay, let's go here and here and here. Now the, now the teacher can use that time really to conference and talk with absolutely individual students and so what did you find you know what did you learn what are you excited about you know how did this change I think one of the most interesting things I uh, a podcast that I listened to recently about using chat GPT in the elementary school as a peer uh, tutor in writing mm. and you know I to me that's very exciting if and again if the student had access to ChatGPT on their iPad when they wrote those stories, paragraphs, whatever, to be able to copy and paste it into there, see their initial mistakes, ask, you know, how can I strengthen this argument? Yeah. What, you know, what can be done differently? And then you have all the next version and then the following version. And now the teacher, instead of because people say, well, they're going to cheat. They're going to, you know, just use this right. to write their their papers. But instead, now the teacher can use the, their time to, for as an assessment, to really conference and talk with the student. How, how did it change from the first, you know, your first draft to later drafts? Yeah. What, what made this stronger? And I think that that assessment becomes even stronger than just looking because we know even when we're using word processing tools like spell check right you know, the, it, you know we use those sorts of tools so you know now we can really I think it frees up the teacher that to have that time to talk with individual students rather than and even you know we would do peer editing a lot of times but you know I think a lot of lower school elementary teachers will say well that's Kind of hard because they either don't see the mistakes as right. well or they don't want to tell their peers mistakes or they're needing to write their own papers right so now each student has their own peer editor right mm -hmm. there and i think you know dr daggett talked about that we've got to help kids understand how to write the prompt mm -hmm. and so yes you can go in there and say write the essay and the ai is out there and it's going to write the essay um, but it's helping teach our kids how to write the prompt to, to get good feedback on this. Of Here's my first attempt. And I think it's changing education, too, to say, as you said, let's include that in the process to say, well, here's what I wrote first. I put this into, a, into AI for a peer editing uh, resource. And I did this with a paper, actually, that I had written. Um, I put it into one of the programs. It was Claude, not Chat. But I put it in there and said, okay, I'm an 11th grade student. I just picked the, you know, like I said, I play around with it, just see what it can do. I'm an 11th grade student. Here's the rubric my teacher gave me to, that's going to be graded on. 
give me a score and feedback on this paper. I didn't say write the paper, rewrite the paper, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. Give me feedback. And, and with Claude, you can actually upload documents. So I, I just uploaded the document I'd written on a PDF. I uploaded the rubric. Um, and I even uploaded our uh, school handbook and said, the grading policy that we use at the school oh, is in this handbook. Mm-hmm. It found the grading policy in the document. I didn't have to highlight that. I just said right. it's in there. And it scored the paper and it gave me, I mean, because I was an 11th grade student, it was written at a higher level too. It gave me a much higher, I mean, it gave me probably an essay of just feedback. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at, and it was legitimate comments that, that I could use to make that thing better. And it even said, if you want to expand upon this point, it would help your paper have more um, reasoning. You would be showing some more of the other side of what you're talking about and not just a one-sided look at, at, at this example. And to me, I'm looking as, like I remember being in high school and being in college and going, I need, I need somebody to edit this paper, but I gotta find somebody that can edit the paper and make it better. And so I'm either going to another adult um, or I'm going to another student or I'm going to the writing center at the school, you know, mm-hmm. somebody I'm trying to find somebody that can, that can read it and also get it back to me in an appropriate time, because right. I've got a deadline that I'm trying to write this paper for. Right. Now you're getting it back in, you know, I'm get, yeah, I got it back in seconds. seconds. Yeah. Right. And I could spend my time and energy actually looking at how can I make this paper better now? And I think that's part of that. Like, yes, we know that with any piece of technology, people can use it wrong. But I think we can also teach our kids how to use it right. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes to that. You already mentioned digital citizenship. It goes to that. um, I think Dr. Daggett called it digital ethics Mm -hmm. of where is integrity in this? Where is honesty? Where is truthfulness? Where is trustworthiness to say, let's just say that we're going to use this in inappropriate ways. And let's teach our students how to use it in appropriate ways to make themselves better. But it also still pushes them. Um, I know we talk about that editing is a higher level of writing than just writing, right? right? And so learning that skill of, of, well, this was what it said. Let me go back through and look at, do I agree with those edits? Do I not agree with those edits? Because with everybody's edits, you know, sometimes I I have something I'll hand to somebody and say, hey, could you go through this and edit it for me? And they'll come back with stuff that I'm like, well, that also takes it out of my voice if I do it Mm -hmm. that way. And I want mm-hmm. this to be in my voice. So I'm not going to change all of the things that you said. I'll make some of those. Well, we can do the same thing with AI and say, well, it's still, I'll still want it to be my voice. How can I keep my voice and make my writing better? Or how do I evolve my writing to be better? And I think, you know, growing those critical thinking skills, mm. not only, you know, the, the questioning, the prompts, you know, learning how to formulate a good prompt, a good question is such a good skill. But then the, like you were saying, the editing, the reading, the content, thinking critically about what came back. I mean, that's just so important. You know, the majority of people are getting their news now from social media, from (laughs) online sources. And then, you know, which we know the problems (laughs) that, that, you know, go along with that. You know, so we, really need to teach people to think critically to learn how to evaluate information that they see so that's good you know I kind of see this as you know just building those skills even from a a young age you know because I think students can be taught that and working with this information before they're you know seeing things on social media even yes and 
you know? Well, and that's one of the things I always looked at as a science teacher. Of part of my job was to help kids understand how to think scientifically. And so when you're approaching a news article about something science-related, understanding that that news article was written to the masses, right? And that news article, so that news article is able to, to go into some detail, but it's probably not going to go into high scientific detail. It's going to give you the, the, the summary or overview. But teaching kids how to read that and go, okay, what was the science involved here? How do I research the actual science that this article was written about? to see if I agree with the conclusions that the person was writing about, because everybody has bias. Mm-hmm. To say, oh, well, this person is writing with no bias. I mean, I, that, that would be an interesting article to read because everything we read has bias in it to some degree. Mm-hmm. And so teaching our kids to recognize bias, to recognize how to think through that, to say, well, let's go back to the original text that was used, or let's, you know, that's teaching them how to look at the world through a scientific lens. And so that was always a challenge that I had of, of I want my kids to learn how to think scientifically, whether they leave with and remember all of the biology that we learned right. was not as important to me as do they leave with the skills that they can think about the world scientifically and they have at least enough there that they'll understand some of this as they get into it. And they'll be able to go and find the stuff they don't understand how, how to understand it. And it's the same thing in, as what we're talking about with AI of understanding that somebody is building the program and they could put in there the ability for this AI to have a little bit of a slant in a direction that, that might go somewhere I want or might, might go against it. So that's where you have to teach those skills of how do you recognize is there bias in what the AI is giving you? There might be. I don't know. Um, somebody is writing the code that the AI is using. Uh, maybe the AI is writing its own code now. I don't know. But somebody's out there. So that's another skill that we've got to teach kids. And that's, that's thinking at a much higher level when you start analyzing, is there bias in this? Or is there, are they mentioning things that I need to go and learn more about? If I'm going to use that in my paper and I'm going to either agree or disagree with it, I better understand it. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to get called out on that. Right. And I, you know, I think at Clean Bradley, we talk so much about relationships and you know i think again this is where in freeing up some of that teacher time to be able to have those conversations Mm. with individual students you know like you know you have to go and when you're in college and defend your masters and your thesis you know a student should be able to talk about what they wrote you know if people are worried about oh they're just going to cheat they're going to have the ai right there I say, well, you know, it's still going, we're, we need to still assess that knowledge. They should be able to talk about it, kind of like science fair, well, our yeah. STEM fair, they need to talk about that project they did. It's, so you can tell if they really did the project or Absolutely. they have no idea how this project worked, but they have a really pretty poster. Right. So. And that's, you know, you mentioned the STEM fair. I love that at the elementary level. Whenever um, I'm walking around, you do a great job with uh, integrating into the STEM fair, especially at the lower levels. And you see a lot of the uh, banana uh, keyboards mm-hmm. or, you know, some of that in there. And it's, I always think it's fascinating whenever a kid is standing there with their project and they go, oh, you need to do this or hold this and, and you can touch that. And then if it doesn't work, I love watching them start to like problem solve because like you said, you can tell the ones that really get what's happening and what it should do and, and how it should work. And a lot of times they can solve the problem right there. 
and they're like, oh, this came loose or this should be attached here and, and they can fix it. And the ability, I think you do a great job of, of helping those students understand like why this works and how to problem solve it when it's not working and how to get to the, the result that you're wanting. And, and uh, you know, I love the fruit keyboards. I love the um, different uh, presentations and different things that you see on, especially those lower uh, tables that are showing how they're using technology to explain this other topic that they've been learning about in class or, or the ecosystem or the habitat or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, it's fascinating to see kids in that environment and to, to ask them those questions. Like, do they really know what's going on here or do they just do what, you know, Ms. Vines told them to do? Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool to see that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. We've had a great conversation and, and there's a lot more that we can get into when, when we're just as a school trying to understand AI, right? I mean, really the whole world is trying to understand right. AI still. As we start into this, I think, new age, I think Dr. Daggett was correct in saying, like, we're entering a new age of technology, which is mm -hmm. the age of artificial intelligence. And so we're still trying to figure that out of, of what's useful and how do we use it the best way? How can we give some of our teacher time back to them so that they can then use it, like you said, in, in, a, in a deeper way with students to build relationships and to really get dig down into what, what they're working on as a student and, and as a teacher. And so... Um, we're still exploring some of that. We haven't figured out all the answers nope. yet. <laughs> no, we have not. But it's it's exciting. Yeah, I think it's exciting. Absolutely, I'm, I'm not scared. And that's what we want. And that's what we want all of our right. teachers to have. And that's what we want our parents to understand. Like we're not afraid of technology. Mm -hmm. It's exciting, and we're going to figure it out. And we're going to make some mistakes along the way. And we're going to get some things right. And hopefully, we get more things right than what we get wrong. <laughs> in the process. Good. Thank you so much Thank for sitting you. down. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about our school, you can find us on our webpage, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.